Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Howdy, y'all. Hey, hey. It ain't going to stop anytime soon. Okay, I'm just going to suck it up. And it's going to be fine. How high is your blood pressure? Uh, a little high, but we're about to talk the mo- about the most exciting news in life, so I'm happy. Heck yes. So this is our first episode as a proud member of the Ross Tucker podcast family. Woo! Ow! How does it feel? It feels awesome. I'm it so feels excited. really awesome. If you haven't heard our appearance over on the Fantasy Feast podcast, um, you're missing out. Go do that, right? Pause our podcast. Go listen and then come back. Go listen and come back because it's it's pretty hilarious. Ross is a good dude. We're excited to be a part of his team. A um, lot, of, lot of exciting stuff coming. We've got the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo coming up August 18th, Canton, Ohio. Uh, don't miss that. Tickets are just $20. Um, you'll get a nice cast of crew like the Ball Blast Girls. The guys from Dynasty Nerds, Back Row Fantasy Show, lots of good peeps, right? We are going to be on the live podcast stage, which is exciting. You're going to get all of this. Yeah. 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 We'll see. We'll see how we do live. It'll be really <laughs> interesting. It'll be our first time ever doing that. So We're not going to have dogs, man. It should be so much fun to just, you know, be up there with people around us talking and yet yeah, no dogs barking and Woo. interrupting us will be amazing. It's going to be so much fun. And better yet, you use promo code BALLBLAST, all caps, one word, uh, to buy your tickets. You get five bucks off. So it's literally $15 for uh, the coolest fantasy football expo of the year. Don't miss that. Another big announcement this week. We are taking entries for our Redraft Listener League. We already got some good, good, good entries. entries. So yeah. you just got to leave us a five-star review, DM us uh, your screenshot along with a haiku. This was my idea. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I was like, Kate, I came in right. Michelle did not want to do this idea <laughs> at all, but uh, uh, we haiku. got some. We got some really good ones though, so I'm happy with it. Yeah. So five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables about fantasy football. <laughs> We'll be reading our favorite Isn't ones on the show. she's such a nerd? Like, who wants that? Who thinks of this? I <laughs> don't know. Who's like, oh, my God, a haiku. Yeah. Because who puts poetry and football together? I feel like it's a great... Uh, for, for the amount of opposition you thought I would get, we've gotten a lot of entries. No, we have. Fun. Yeah, they've been good. So um, we'll, we'll be announcing those throughout you know, the next few weeks. Yeah, throughout. But you got to listen to the podcast to find out if you're in. So there's that. I want to congratulate our first winner. We already picked this guy. He was a standout. Mr. Bill's Collector at SVD. I think this is III1, right? Or is it three lowercase L's? I don't know. I think it's III. Anyway, his haiku. I'm going to read it in a very poetic voice for you all. Wait on quarterbacks. Points aplenty if you do. Josh Allen gets wins. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like it was better the first time. Can I get I snaps? Snaps. Snaps. I feel like no, we I, need snaps. I, I like it. I like that one. So Bill's Collector. Welcome to the Listener League, my man. Um, Patreon.com slash ballblast. If you have not yet subscribed to our content, you get an extra podcast a week. You get access to our Slack chat, which is always a, a rumbling and a grumbling. Um, today we're actually talking about second year wide receivers and who has the chance to stand out, but we did a second year running back episode, which is available exclusively on Patreon. Yeah. We were doing that during our hiatus when we were waiting, you know, for that week to get all set up with the Ross Tucker podcast. Ross Tucker podcast. I actually really loved that episode. So I'm sorry you guys didn't get to hear it, but again, go subscribe, go subscribe and you have your chance. If you want it so bad, go subscribe. It was a pretty bomb episode. I'll say that. All right, Michelle, I think it's time. Let's get into some news. This just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. Michelle. What? It happened. What happened? Theo Riddick was cut by the Lions. Ah! Ah! For those of you who don't know, Michelle has been calling for this to happen for a long time. And the weirdest thing happened, Michelle. What? Um... I walked in as you were getting this news, right? Like mm-hmm. the alert popped up on your phone. And guys, I got I got to get an exclusive look at that and I caught it on soundbite. Did you? Yeah, do I'm you want need, I'm going to need to hear this. Do you, do you want a refresher? This is a live look at what happened when Michelle got the news. Wait a second. Are you listening to music? What? Shut that off. I'm not listening to music. Fine. Just go crazy for a little while. What an exciting moment for you, Michelle. I love it. So I feel so bad because we're talking about somebody getting cut losing their job. Like, I I understand this sucks for Theo, and he's I'm sure he's a great guy. He will get a job elsewhere. Does he go by Teddy? Maybe. And he will he will find a good job. And, you know, he should find a place where he'll get used a little bit more. So um, the reason I'm so excited is because my carry on Johnson love is through the roof. And this just, you know, his potential now, his ceiling is just through the roof. So with Theo Riddick on. So, I mean, Theo Riddick last year without seeming like he was involved whatsoever like he wasn't doing anything had 74 targets he was a sneaky pants yeah i mean you couldn't play him in fantasy but 74 targets the year before that 71 like he had a 99 target year him being out of this offense is huge for carry on johnson it's a big role to cut out yeah and i already had i mean i i have been you know assuming theoretic was going to get caught and a lot of people were i understood i wasn't the only one that was thinking this so that was kind of involved in my rankings with carry on johnson but now this just reassures that he will have that role like he's going to i see no reason why he's not he does not see 80 85 90 targets next year holy moses i, I mean it it sounds unrealistic until you look at who else is available in that that wide receiver core there's nobody there Hopefully Marvin Jones comes back, is healthy, and looks like Marvin Jones. You've got Kenny Galladay, who's I he's still a question mark for me. I know he is for you. But beyond that, there's just not a ton like 
TJ Hawkinson, he's going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, there's no one in that offense that gets, you know, that's going to see 170 targets. No, and that's a lot lot of space available, so I like it. Um, Another piece of news that we're we're pretty hyped on, Devin Singletary receiving a ton of first-team reps. Um, I'm interested in this, and I'm interested – um, from a, a couple of different standpoints, I like Devin Singletary. I think he had a crap combine, and people are a little judgy based on that because I think if you look at his college tape, he shows a lot a lot of speed, a lot of burst that maybe he didn't necessarily display very well at the combine, and the combine just isn't everything. Um, this makes me excited, this news. But then at the same time, when you think about it, like would it be worth the Bills' time to give McCoy or Gore, like, I mean – Come on, super veterans, like massively dinosaur veterans. These first team reps, when they already know what they have in them, like they know what they're getting with those two guys. So you're going to give it to your young dude. I do like to see that he's getting these reps, though, and not TJ Yeldon. Yes, and I, but I also do think like Frank Gore, it is a new system, right? Yeah. Like it's a new team, it's a new coach, it's a new OC. You would think that if he's planning to carve out that role that he would be seeing more of the snaps. So I find this interesting just sort of situationally because he was a a prospect that I think is pretty underrated because of his combine. I like it. I like the news a lot. I'm excited. There's a lot of really good hype coming out of Bill's camp. Um, And you'll see my, that same exact reaction when uh, McCoy's cut in a few weeks. And again, I feel terrible, but he'll land in a good spot too. So it is what it is. We, I feel like every time anything happens to any running back, McCoy, we're shouting for Tampa. No, McCoy, I'd shout for Kansas City with Reed. Okay. Damian Williams truthers will come at me for that one. They already have. <laughs> Dalvin Cook, he is ready to be a bell cow running back. Yeah, I mean, sure. That's what he Aren't said. Aren't they all? Yeah, I mean, he says he's going to be happy because he loves to carry the ball. He loves to touch the ball. He loves to be involved. I mean, yeah, I mean, hopefully you're a running back. I don't I don't see anything from this this news. He just said I want to touch the ball as many times as they'll let me. Well, cool. Every running back does. Cool. Robert Woods, they uh the Rams interestingly added one million dollar bonus to his contract for this season. Good for him. I yeah, that's awesome news because uh, first of all, how often do you see offenses do that? Any sort of team make that kind of move that's just um purely beneficial to the player. They didn't really adjust anything else as far as his contract. This was just sort of a, it seems like a good faith measure for him and a nice thank you present for the work he's been doing. No, and it's great. And I feel like over the last, you know, whole year, calendar year from with last off season two, their Rams are proving to be this team that is just figuring out contracts. They're paying people. What they deserve, they're they're just paying them. They paid Gurley, um, they paid what's his name? Oh goodness, Aaron Aaron. Uh, oh my God, the best defensive player, Donald. Aaron Donald, thank you. You know, defense. We're just such offensive minded <laughs> people. No, guys, I know Aaron Donald. Just sometimes I can't think. But um, Aaron Donald, they paid him deservingly. So they just they shelled out so many contracts last year. People were like, they where are they money. giving where are they getting this money from? And then like this year they do this. I think they're a smart team. I think people when they're in free agency, not only are they going to look at LA like, ooh, I want to go to LA. They're also going to see, okay, this franchise pays people when they deserve it. They give me this increase in money when I deserve it, um, I, th- I think it's really smart of them. $1 million is nothing, and it just it's a good luck for them. That's all I'll say. 
It is. It's a good look for them. And it's it's a good faith measure for Robert Woods. Like you're you're definitely going to be going in there and and giving your all because you know that they paid you when you deserved it. It's a good move. Yeah. Um, and perhaps the biggest news of this week that's not any news at all, Melvin Gordon, the suspected value um, differential between Melvin Gordon and the Los Angeles Chargers right now, it sounds like they're about 2 to $3 million per year apart on a deal. Yeah. That's seemed, a pretty significant yeah. value. Like when you look at it, you might think, okay, that seems kind of small. They'll get there. But that's a... Big value, when, especially when it comes to running backs. Like, that's a lot of running backs' full contract per year. You and put it over, like, four or five years in a deal, like a long-term investment. Guess what? You are talking about probably 10 to $14 million. Yeah, I would love to know what he's asking for. I think if he asks for a reasonable contract, they'll give it to him. But if he wants, if he wants to be one of the top-paid running backs, like Bell and Gurley, I don't, I don't know if he's going to get that. I don't know if they can afford it, which is the issue. I think he deserves it. Man, if only they were the, Deserving the Los Angeles it, yeah. Rams. I know, I know. Deserving it and getting it are two totally different things when it comes to the running back position. I want you to know anytime we're talking about this, we're totally on the player's side. We just don't know. We just don't think they're going to do it because it might not be worth it either. Like, also, it's if just you, not worth it for the team. If you were looking at this contract from maybe a two- or three-year perspective instead of a four- to five-year deal – that might be more worth it because you think, okay, is this guy going to be on the field as long as Philip Rivers? Like, how long do you expect Philip Rivers to be there? Maybe extend him to that point. I don't know. I think Gordon would be smart to want two years. Get two years. You stay with Rivers. You go get try to, to win free that. agency after that. Exactly. You go. You get your money now. You hopefully can get most of it guaranteed. You get to play with Rivers. Try to win that Super Bowl. And then once Rivers is out, you get to get out too. You're like, bye. Go go to a better team. You'll be older at that point. But if you're showing out the last two years, you'll get that contract. Absolutely. Injuries to monitor. Derrick Henry was spotted in a walking boot. After a uh, lower leg injury, uh, presumably Friday, I believe this is, have basically no news other than the fact that he's spotted in a walking boot. So there's not a lot to say there. Um, yeah, nothing is coming out about that. Taylor Lewan failed a um, a drug test. He suspended for four games. So something to note, I don't think it's do not draft him because of Taylor Lewan. I think it is TBD. Um and we'll see about the walking boot. I don't know what that is. Damian Williams left practice early Sunday with a hamstring issue. Hyde, it sounds like, was getting the first team reps after that. So that's interesting. We haven't we haven't heard anything about the severity of it. It, it could just be a small little tweak. tweak. He could be back and, you know, maybe, who knows, a couple of days, a couple of weeks. But soft tissue injuries this time of year, never a good thing. Um, cause even if you just rest the guy, you have somebody else in there getting first team reps and if they look good, guess what? Boom. Yeah. Especially Out. in this situation, but Whew. I've said enough about that. You've I'm triggered to, so yeah. many people. Yeah. Stop triggering. <laughs> I'm not going to trigger anybody. I hope the best for Damian Williams. I hope he can get back healthy in the next day or two. You know, I hope it was just a small little tweak and he's fine. All I'm saying is if he needs to take a few weeks off, you better watch your back. A.J. Green, the biggest injury news of the day. Sad. Um, he was carted off the field Saturday with a presumed low uh, ankle sprain. 
People weren't too concerned. I tweeted about like the look on his face. He sort of like had his head buried in his hands. It didn't look great. And then it came out uh, Sunday that he has some torn ligaments on the MRI that should leave him out about six to eight weeks. He's probably not going to play um, at least week one in the 2019 NFL season. Not a good way to start out no. for a guy who who just was sort of getting back into that. Um, <sighs> there was a reason that you and I have not been talking about AJ Green. Like he's just not brought up on our podcast ever. We understand he is an awesome talent when he plays. Like he's a, an elite wide receiver. It's just banking that he's going to be on the field. Exactly. And I, over the last couple of weeks, I was like, "Am should I be hyping up AJ Green more?" Like I was getting nervous about this, and then the snows just reminds you why you don't. And it's really sad. It really is. You. I want him to be out on that field. He's a great player. You want the best players out on the out on the field for the NFL, but he just can't stay healthy. And, this and is he's just getting older. Things. He is getting older. And Tyler Boyd just signed his contract extension. You just have to sort of wonder, like... <sighs> he's going around Adam Thielen, T.Y. Hilton, Keenan Allen, Amari I'll take all Cooper. those guys ahead of him. Yeah. This is a huge bump to his ADP, I think. Brandon Cooks, like Brandon Cooks, is going a whole run after him. Stephon Diggs, why? I don't, I don't get why. Even before this injury, like you have that massive risk with AJ Green when all these other guys can produce just as well as him. Like they put up thousand plus years all the time. So I don't know. I don't get it. Um, but I do feel bad for him, and I hope he can come back. You know, week two, week three, Fingers and he stays crossed. healthy. He stays healthy the whole year. That would be awesome for him. And he would need that because he needs to either sign an extension. He's got to do something with that contract. So let's see. Um, Michelle, we have a bet this season. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Because they were both just mentioned in this news segment. You had your Derrick Henry with a walking boot, but I agree that I think he's going to be fine for the season. There's no one behind him. Like, Deion Lewis is not stealing his job. So... I think Derrick Henry comes back. He's fine. He's good to go for the season. And then we just talked about Carrion Johnson with who. So cut. interestingly, these are two players. You flipped me on Carrion Johnson, and I flipped you on Derrick Henry. Yeah. So we're both pretty high on both of these guys, and it's very hard, obviously, as family, fan, family, family. Hey, we kind of are family. We're family. We're fantasy family. Oh, Aww. guys, we're a family. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Okay. But so our bet. So Hashtag Fantily. We'll do half PPR. We're trying to decide who's going to finish ahead of one of the one or of the other. They're back to back in my rankings as of today, I believe. Whoa, then you're really brave doing this. They're not close to my rankings, so I feel very strongly <laughs> about it. So carry on Johnson over Derrick Henry for me. And this, you have Derrick Henry over Carrie yes, Johnson. Yes, but because they're so close to me, I can't decide who's going to finish higher, right? Like, there's got to be some more scientific way to do this. So, Michelle, tell them about our scientific process here. Yeah, this is like 100% accurate scientific information. 100% of the time. Yeah. So, Kay and I both have a beer here, and we're going to open this up. It's Nickel really- light for all you haters. Yeah, Get out. Last time we did half a beer. This time we're going to do a full beer because we're crazy. <sighs> and we're going to chug and compete. And whoever finishes first, <laughs> their player is going 100% going to finish ahead of the other in 2019. Because that's some scientific data, baby. That's science, baby. Let's do it, so, Michelle. Yeah, so we did this earlier um, on in the year, and Kate kicked my butt. So I need to really step it up for my Carrie and, John- Carrie and Johnson love. 
All right, you For ready? For the sake. Yeah, let's... Let's get this opened. All right. Pour, pour her out here. I need to pour it nice without the foam. All right, Michelle, no foam here. All right, I am so ready to What's beat your, your butt. I, what is, is your foam status? My my foam status is good right now. Um, <sighs> and I'm doing this for Carry On Johnson. Like, I hope he sees my love. For Derrick Henry the goat. All right, one, two, three. I don't. Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, I just swore. <laughs> oh my I'm god! Sorry, I'm sorry, everybody. If you have kids in the car, this is a family show. It's fine. I'll put a ducky noise over that. Okay, good. Um, was that like a legit tie? I will admit that like some of it spilled. Okay, so I think Carrie Johnson won by just a little bit. Okay, fine. I've actually never seen a tie like that. Do like, I, I have to bump? Like, do I have to edit my rankings right now, or can I wait to see if it plays out? Um, no, you have to edit them right now. Carrie Johnson has to be your top. Running back in the league. Like RB1. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. All right, guys. So now this that we <laughs> have that beer in our stomach, let's get on I'm to ready. the actual part of the podcast. Yes. Yeah, so let's get into some fantasy football. But first, we have to talk about a brand new website. You know what I'm talking about, Michelle. Fantasygo.com. Uh, welcome to the league, first of all, Fantasy Go. Whew. I got to like breathe after that beer. Fantasygo.com, a new website actually that's uh, out there to help you guys basically uh, reach out to different analysts and get their support on who to start, who to sit. Um, Go to fantasygo.com, create your account. Um, Only available on Yahoo platforms right now, but you link your Yahoo teams up to your Fantasygo account. You say, I need some help this week. I don't know what I'm doing. I need to make some waiver moves. This this team is trash. Obviously, your team's not trash because you've got the ball blast girls here to help you out. But hey, stuff happens. Injuries happen, right? So you link up your team with your Fantasy Go account. You go into the analyst marketplace. You find Kate Majuk or Michelle Majuk. I'm Kate, by the way, obviously. And, I'm Michelle. and you're listening to the Ball Blast Podcast. <laughs> That's a nice shout out to our previous our previous episodes with our old intro. But um, go in there; you can literally pick us out of that team of analysts, and uh, you know you pay the assigned cost. And guess what? You get our unsolicited fantasy football advice for who to start, who to sit. It's not even advice; like we set your lineup. We set we your lineup. We make your waiver picks. Um, How cool is it to have the Ball Blast girls helping you whoa, with your lineups? Whoa, someone needs to humble themselves. <laughs> Still. Um, no, but yeah, if you're ever struggling throughout the year, we do have minimum spots, though. So we're only doing 100 lineups a week just so we don't drive ourselves crazy. So if you want us to set your lineup, if you are in 100 leagues and you want us to set one of your lineups to see if you know we can win you that championship. And if you don't need us every week, that's cool. But we are there to help you win your leagues this year, and that's just another way of getting this ball blast advice. Check them out over at FantasyGo.com. Michelle, let's talk about some second-year wide receivers. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, There were a lot of wide receivers drafted in last year's draft, which I found out as we were researching this podcast. It seems like a lot. Um, Let's kick it off with uh, the earliest Draft pick as a wide receiver. Mr. DJ Moore drafted 24th overall to the Carolina Panthers. His ADP right now, five, uh, round five, pick 11. 
in half PPR leagues. I love DJ Moore right now, and I never loved him before. We've been watching some film on him, and man, that boy is elusive. So I love the talent. I do. The talent. I love I, I love, love the talent. Darling, I love <laughs> the talent. So I think when we watch him, like, come on, man. He is so good. But I do have a but here. Hey. He has a really good wide receiver across from him now with Curtis Samuel that's going much, much later in drafts. That 5'11 is a little pricey for me, and I think he... I think his talent deserves it. I'm just worried about him with Cam Newton, who I love as a quarterback. I think he's so talented, but because of his rushing ability and because he's a good thrower, but you can never count on Cam Newton to throw a bunch of touchdowns. And He's not accurate enough. That's the thing we saw with DJ Moore, two touchdowns in the year. Oh, not good. Not great. So you're going to have to depend on a huge target share. A huge, you know, yardage, like a lot of yardage every game. I will say he was number three in avoided tackles among all wide receivers in 2018. So, like, if you want to count on a guy to make those plays, to get the touchdowns, I think he's got the potential. His avoided tackles are insane. Like, when you're 17 avoided tackles. 17. As a rookie. You're comparing that to other, you know, rookies in that same year. You don't get to the next person. (laughs) <laughs> and avoided tackles as a as the rookie like DJ Moore until you get to Pettis at six. He had seventeen. That's the next nuts. person up is six. Like avoid, he is such a good talent. Bananas. I, I, and I see that, and I think he will be a very good fantasy asset. I'm just worried that you have to depend on him getting a huge target share. I don't know if he's going to get that with you know Christian McCaffrey is going to get his targets and I do think Curtis Samuel will get his targets and Cam Newton loves loves his tight ends so so if, you're just saying there's two there's not enough love to go around yeah and I I do think he's gonna be good I'm not saying that if you draft him in the fifth round I don't think it's a I think bad that's pick. a reasonable ADP it's, for it's him. reasonable yeah. I don't think it's a bad pick whatsoever I just don't know if it's a great pick like if I don't Chris know if you're Godwin value. if Chris Godwin is off the board right there I'm comfortable taking DJ Moore so That's you wouldn't. My... Do, so my thing is, I'm just going to wait to the tenth round and take Curtis Samuel because That's I think fair. they're very similar. Um, I don't think Curtis Samuel is going to be at in the tenth round for long, though. No, he might move up. But the thing is, so DJ Moore only saw eight red zone targets all year. Like he played a lot the year. Like he saw a lot of offensive snaps and only saw eight red zone targets, which turned into two touchdowns. Curtis Samuel had nine red zone targets and you're like okay that's one more but they all came in late november and then through december and that's when he took over that wide receiver two role you know he he took over the funches role so it correlates with the the change you saw in the offense and he saw nine in that small period of time they're both short like they're both 511 they're both the same size so i don't know why curtis samuel was targeted more in the red zone than dj moore i really can't give you the answer for that but he was. So if a quarterback prefers a wide receiver more than the other, I just think Samuels could have that, you know, the red zone targets more. I don't think he's going to be this huge red zone target guy. And he could see just as many targets as DJ Moore. I'm just going to wait until the eighth, ninth, tenth round and take Curtis Samuel. That's totally fair. Calvin Ridley, 26 overall pick in the NFL draft. ADP uh, going actually a little earlier than DJ Moore at the 506. Saw 92 targets in his rookie season. Pretty impressive. 10 touchdowns. 
Um, he had 10 red zone targets, and he converted seven of those for touchdowns. Ugh. That's kind of sexy. It's sexy and scary at the same time. Because <sighs> you get 10. That's only two more than I just said with DJ Moore. But the difference is that Ridley caught them. Like, it, maybe he was more open or whatever, and Moore didn't. So I do think that his touchdowns could go down. Um, I I have not been on the Ridley train because of his costs for redraft. I think in Dynasty he's a he's a great pick. He's a he's a really solid pick because Julio Jones is getting old. But you know what? Julio Jones right now is still elite. And at the same time, they have Mohamed Sanu there, who people don't respect. But he's you are a, the biggest Mohamed Sanu truther I've ever met. Not for fantasy whatsoever. I agree. I don't want Sanu in fantasy, but he's a good NFL wide receiver, and he gets snaps because he does everything well. Like he's not great. He's not great at anything. But he doesn't destroy the team. He's a better NFL player than he is 100%. a fantasy football asset. And NFL teams like that. Like, Sanu isn't going to lose any playing time. So last last year, Ridley saw 15% of target share. And then Sanu also saw 15% of target share. I don't see that changing much, much this year. Like, maybe... Tevin Coleman's out of town, though. So, like, I know we sort of have said that Devonta Freeman will just sort of absorb all those targets. Does that leave any room for Ridley? Well, people are really high in Hooper too, though. So if those Coleman targets Something's are going to go give. anywhere, yeah, I think those go to Hooper with the shorter, you know, the shorter targets, like a running back. And Freeman is awesome in the passing game. He's actually better than Coleman or he saw more targets in Coleman anyways, when he was the starter, like a lot more. So I don't, I don't know if there's, more to go around, and Sanu will be used. He's and they should technically be passing a little bit less if we're looking at offensive scheme versus the the returns on defense. Their they barely defense, ran. Their defense, I mean, they didn't have time to. Their defense was a wreck. They couldn't keep other teams off the field. They couldn't prevent other teams from scoring, so they did. The, the game script sort of dictated that they would throw a lot. I do project some regression in the passing game, I I agree. But I do think he's a a great value in Dynasty right now. I think he has shown tremendous potential. He's he had some ups and downs last year, which who doesn't when you're a rookie? I I just think he's got like big holes to fill. It's uh, one of those things where so Atlanta Falcons, we talk about this with the Steelers a lot. The Atlanta Falcons were 30th in rushing attempts. They have their main guy back now. Their defense is, should not be as injured. Like, they should be a lot better. There, there's just so many injuries. They're going to pass less, I think, and run more. And so if you're only getting 15% of that target share and you're passing less, I just don't see much room for growth for him in 2019. 2020 and beyond, when Sanu's gone, I'm all for him. Boom. Cortland Sutton, second-round pick. 40th overall in the NFL draft, ADP currently 912. Not bad in half PPR formats for a guy that presumably could be leading the wide receiver core in his respective offense. Yeah. Uh, I'm not excited about yeah, him, Yeah, did though. you just hear my noise I just made? I'm not excited about him. It was not the same noise that I walked <laughs> in on you making yeah. with with Carrion Johnson news. But I feel like this is most people's reactions because you see Ridley, you see DJ Moore going, you know, in the fifth, sixth round. Showed such big flashes. And then Cortland Sutton's going in the ninth round. I mean, they both got 
I mean, Sutton had his opportunity last year. Um, and he, we had to all remember rookies, rookies struggle at first. And he was playing with Case Keenum. Like, hey, I, I know he's a he's a fine quarterback. Any of you out there who love Case Keenum, but he's not great for wide receivers. Like, let's calm down there. So he wasn't in the best system, but at the same time, he did struggle as the starter. So, I mean, he started nine games, right? No, sorry. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He started eight games. Math is so good. Um, and none of those games, like, super impressed you at all. He had one game of 85 yards, which was nice, and a touchdown. That was, that was pretty good. But it wasn't like, oh, goodness, I love Cortland Sutton. He's amazing. And then once Emmanuel Sanders went out and he was the wide receiver one, I mean, he he did not do anything with that coverage to – Two receptions, 14 yards. Five receptions, 42 yards. Six for 65. That's okay. And then one reception for 25 yards. He definitely showed he's not ready to be the wide receiver one. I am willing to give him another chance. He was a rookie. When I watched him, he looked talented. Like, he was catching hard, you know, hard targets that he couldn't separate too much is from what I was seeing. Um, But he was able to make good plays and catch the ball. But then also my worry is that, he, I mean, he gets Flacco, who I think is actually an upgrade to Keenum. But then if Flacco struggles at all, then you put in Drew Locke. And then you're like, oh, like, I don't I don't like that situation for anybody. I do think the risk is sort of built into his price, though, at the 912. I, I think that's a decent price for, sure. for him. Given the upside. You. And I do, like, we saw John Brown be an incredibly viable fantasy football asset with Flacco under center. And of course, like Flacco changed systems. The altitude's a little different. You just never know what's going to swing <laughs> their direction. But I I think that Flacco is an upgrade to Case Keenum. I do think that. What happens when Denver, I'm not saying Denver will, but what if they struggle and they start three and six? Do they keep Joe Flacco in or do they try to see what they have in Drew Locke? And then that's what scares me for a wide uh. receiver. I do think that regardless, I given their history with drafting quarterbacks, I think that they would probably want to showcase their new quarterback if they feel like he's ready sooner rather than later. So that's it's a, a hard one. But you also like you The draft you, price is okay. So if you believe yeah. in the talent, go for it. It's a nine twelve. Like you're not getting Who much. else are you draft? Yeah. That's essentially well, a tenth round pick. If Curtis Samuel is there, you take Curtis Samuel over Sutton. But Besides yes. that, go get go get your man. If you like Sutton, go get him. He's yeah. cheap enough. It's fine. I agree with you there. Dante Pettis, my boyfriend. My boyfriend. No, Do not my steal boy- him. No. Oh, oh Fights man. are going to happen tonight. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You're, you're sleeping on the couch, Michelle, because Dante Pettis is my boyfriend. He was drafted in the second round, 44th overall pick in the NFL draft. ADP currently uh, has him at the 612. Almost a seventh round pick. Uh, there was a, a nice little blurb this week that Trent Taylor may lead San Francisco in targets and catches. Yeah, that's called the garbage. A, that's called the beat reporter wanting some attention. Please pay attention to me. Please. Dante Pettis, among other wide receivers in 2018, number one in target recep- er, separation, which literally, if you watch him, always 100% wide open. Always. It's insane, actually. He must make DBs feel just dumb. But Kyle Shanahan is all, just so good at getting his players in space. So you want you want those guys. <sighs> and the biggest thing with Pettis is his 
you know, he has to stay healthy. If the interesting healthy, thing, though. Be great. Yeah, absolutely. Be healthy. But so number one in target separation. But when you look at the amount of cushion that DBs give him on the line, he's actually ranked 34th. So it's not like DBs are actually giving him a ton of room. He's sort of he's creating more room than really that they're giving him. So that's awesome. Number seven in fantasy points per target, nine in NFL passer rating when targeted. So people look at his stats and there's a lot of games counted towards him. Um, that he didn't actually play in. Like, he was dressed and he was active, but he saw, like, 12% of snaps or, like, no snaps at all. Um, Wasn't really playing, but they had him, you know, dressed just in case. Yes. So when you're looking at, you know, points per game or yards per game, it looks really bad. But there's four games counted against him where he wasn't really playing at all. Actually, five games because that Giants game was – he played very minimal snaps as well. Once he was – any game that he played over 70% of snaps, dude dominated. 77 yards, 129 yards, 81 yards, 61 yards and a touchdown. Like, he he's good. He's really good. He's a rookie. I love that he gets Jimmy G back. I love that he has very little competition. I know people like Debo Samuel. But, guys, there's room for two there's room for two wide receivers. Especially when none of them has very clearly emerged. Yeah, like they- and Debo Samuel is a is a rookie. Like, he's not going to dominate anything. I, I, I love Pettis. I think he's going to have a great year. He just needs to stay healthy. Uh, he's very worth that 6-12 to me. I think his upside is tremendous. I will draft him at the 6-12 every single chance I get. And I have on a lot of teams. So I hope he becomes something, because if not, I'm in trouble. Michelle, you're going to take the lead on this next guy. Christian Kirk. I feel Kirk. like you've earned Hey. Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. That's my job. Okay, do it. Don't steal my job. Christian Sorry. Kirk, Mr. Second Round Pick. There were a lot of wide receivers taken in the second round last year. 47th overall pick in the NFL draft. ADP has him at the 7-6, which is wild, because he was just a Ninth or tenth round pick. Oh yeah, like, his ADP is rising, but I'm all for it. And I'm I will blaming take you. Him. It's fine. I will take him right there. I will take him in the six. So, Christian Kirk's my husband. If I'm going to call Dante Pettis my boyfriend, Christian Kirk is my husband. <sighs> and I am. I, I want one of the two. So, what does your wife think about that? By the way, <laughs> I'm fine with either having my husband or my boyfriend on my team. Um, Pettis or Kirk. <laughs> I, I just I need to get one of them and preferably like both, but I will re, I will take one of them in the sixth round. If the other one falls to the seventh, I will happily take the second. But Kirk is my man. Tell me why. I will reach for him. I think he is. I a hundred percent believe he'll be the leader in targets and receptions next year. He already actually has that connection with uh, with Kyler Murray back from college days. It's very small stamp, sample size, but still. Um, all the reports coming out are that Christian Kirk is by far the best in that group. He is just killing it in, you know, in all the offseason programs. He had a great year for a rookie and he ne- he didn't have any boom games. That's what that's my favorite part of this. He just consistently put up yards, like 60 to 80 yards a game, you know. With Josh Rosen in the worst offense imaginable. It was a terrible offense. Their total offense, their passing offense, their rushing offense, their yards per play. Their offense, period. All last. In every one of those categories I just said, all last. It's not even like the second last wasn't close. 
They were historically bad. And Christian Kirk was still a very good rookie wide receiver. And I think next year, it can only go up from here. And I know Larry Fitzgerald is amazing. He's elite, but he's also 36 years old. Yeah. Dude, dude is old. I'm sorry. Christian Kirk is my man, and I will reach for him in the six. And at that seven six ADP, I would be giggling with happiness. <laughs> Anthony Miller, former second round pick, uh, 51st overall in the NFL draft. Current ADP has him going in the 12th round. Not bad. He's very intriguing to me. Um, Suffered a shoulder injury. He was out a couple of games. Managed seven touchdowns. Neither of us are very high on Allen Robertson. Robert. Robert. Robin. What? That beer. Yeah. That Mickey. That Mickey (laughs) light just hit me. Uh, that Allen Robinson, neither of us are very high on him. Trey Burton wasn't like this target monster that we sort of thought that he was going to be. There's room for talent to emerge there. Um, Tariq Cohen might be taking some more just general targets as they transition David Montgomery more into that rushing role. I I don't know what to think about Anthony Miller, but at that price, I actually, I'm I'm pretty pumped on Anthony Miller. I'm starting to come around to him. He wasn't one of those guys that I was really paying attention to. I mean, almost all of his games are under 40 yards. But he did hurt that shoulder really early on in the year. So you wonder how much of that was just a nagging injury. Yeah, and he kept playing, and he was getting targets, like 5, 4, 7, 7, 6, 6. Not a ton of targets, but I, I think if we're going to believe in the Chicago Bears offense, we have to believe in somebody emerging. And I love David Montgomery, and I, I'm actually higher on Trey Burton than most. I'm not high on Allen Robinson at all. And watching Anthony Miller, he looks like a really good talent. Like, he looks talented. So I am fine with taking Anthony Miller at the 12-2. I've actually started taking him late, you know, right around that 12th round. He's got the upside there, and I think he that definitely does. in the same way that we sort of utilize that argument for the Rams offense, if you believe that the Bears offense is a good scheme, then you want the prospects, but nobody's really drafting a ton of them. Yeah. I like Anthony Miller. I think the, the risk is minimal given that he's being drafted in the 12th round. Who else? You, who, who are you getting there? Who? Exactly. Tell me. I'm okay with Anthony Miller, and he he's one of those guys that I'm very indifferent about, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if he is, Breaks out. Yeah, if he breaks out. James Washington, our, uh, our hometown hero here, second-round pick, 60th overall in the NFL draft. ADP has him going in the 11th round. He's actually been falling through the offseason. I feel like he was pretty hyped sort of right out of the gate back in February. Um, news came out this week with training camp. Dante Moncrief has, um, been starting opposite of Juju, which is kind of interesting. They went and drafted Deontay Johnson in the third in 2019 after, uh, Antonio Brown left town among rookies with 20 or more targets. He had the lowest pro football focus score period. I know. I James Washington's one of those guys where it's like I was really hyping him at first, right at the beginning of the offseason. I was excited about him because I thought he was going to get this opportunity. And, you know, we've seen guys fall flat on their faces before in their rookie year and come out and shine the next year. I don't know if 
this is one of those situations. We have to realize that when we're going through the, these, there's going to be multiple busts. Like every single season, every single draft class, there's a lot, a lot of busts and only a few people that actually make it. So we have to pick out some of those busts, and it, it could be James Washington. I'm going to say that right now. I'm calling James Washington as <sighs> the Steelers' bust. And I know like the Steelers are notorious for their ability to scout wide receivers. We've also and drafted I think, a lot of bad wide receivers, though. Yeah. Sammy Coates. Um, I, I, there's another one I can't Marcus think of. Marcus Wheaton. Did we yeah, draft Marcus, Marcus Wheaton? Wheaton? Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of guys that we actually we really missed on early, too. So it's not every wide receiver the Steelers draft. They're great. And he, the only person that he was worse than, you know, or wasn't worse than in the receiving PPF upgrade was DJ Shark. And nobody's talking about him. No. Nobody wants him. He has to compete with Moncrief, who's actually a pretty good wide receiver. And then you have Deontay Johnson in. Deontay Johnson in the last two days has gotten way more hype than James Washington has ever received. So I'm a little worried about James Washington. I'm probably not touching him. I I sold all my shares in Dynasty. I did as well in that that hype. Because, you know, when I look at him versus Deontay Johnson and when I watch their tape, James Washington is a uh, a fast guy with long arms who can make contested catches. So he's like a great deep ball threat. But when I look at Deontay Johnson, he just seems to move like like fluidly. He just looks like the more dynamic wide receiver. And I think that that's what the Steelers need. I think that we can find a guy who can go up and make a contested catch. But yeah. and you I think- need a dynamic player to fill the hole in the offense. I think a, a thing a lot of people need to remember, too, is we went a lot, a lot of years before Juju, before a wide receiver mattered, or a, before a wide receiver, two mattered in that offense for fantasy. Just because we had an A-B in Juju in that offense does not mean that we're going to get two more wide receivers that can give us fantasy value to start every week. Like, that's not what that means at all. So I do like Moncrief. I do. But we have to be careful about this. And I'm not going to touch Washington, sadly enough. No, and uh, this next guy, you hit on him briefly, DJ Chark. What do you think? No, and we can move on. <laughs> he was a second-round pick. Um, he's undrafted in fantasy leagues. Um, everybody is on the D.D. Westbrook hype train right now. I am fine if you want to go stash him in Dynasty, but for redraft, he shouldn't even be thought of. There's no reason to think of him... He, you know, he, he hasn't had, like James Washington was competing with Juju and AB for targets. DJ Shark was competing with Keelan Cole. Hey, uh, you watch else? your mouth. Who else? Uh, DD Westbrook, who I think is fine, but like it's, it's a little bit different. DJ Shark had a million and one drops, I'm pretty sure. The issue with DJ is that just like, in a barren landscape where there was no real clear-cut guy who just absolutely shined and was the number one guy all 16 weeks, he still couldn't make an imprint on his offense. It wasn't like Nothing. he had competition there. And his quarterbacks were terrible. I understand that. And with yeah. Nick Foles, maybe he likes him. I'm not saying there's no shot. And that's why I'm saying maybe dynasty, in a deep dynasty, you you stash him. But in redraft, he shouldn't even be on your mind don't don't take him. 
Right. Yeah, don't do that. Next. <laughs> um, so who do we got next? Michael Gallup, third round, 81st overall pick in the NFL draft. ADP has him going in the 16th round. Why? He, I like this kid. I like Michael Gallup. And I think Tell a lot why. of it. A lot of it has to do when you're watching him. He's just wide open, and he just didn't have that connection with Dak. And it almost makes me think of Deshaun, you know, Deshaun Jackson with Jameis Winston, and you hope that doesn't stay the same. You hope they can start making that connection, and I actually think Michael Gallup can be kind of a steal right there. Um, and then also, you just saw the whole offense get so much better when Cooper, or not Cooper Cup, when Amari Cooper showed up. Uh, they the whole offense, you know, with Dak. Dak had more passing attempts, more completions, a much higher completion rate, more passing touchdowns, more passing yards. That's going to give a, that's going to give someone like Michael Gallup more opportunity if the offense is better. Sixteenth um, round, that's like that's that's dirt cheap. That's free. Go get you some Michael Gallup. See if he built that connection with Dak that first week. And if Dak is still missing him, then drop him. But if Dak isn't missing him, he's going to be a really good piece to own. I agree. Uh, Traquan Smith drafted in the third round, 91st overall pick in the draft. ADP, I'm actually shocked, is higher than Michael Gallup. He's going in the 13th round uh, at the 1301. Not a great rookie season. He had one, uh, sorry, two very delicious boom games. He had three for three for uh, 111 yards, two touchdowns. And then he had 13 uh, targets, 10 catches for a 157 yards and one touchdown. And then other than that, he had zero yards, 18 yards, zero, zero, 44, 18, 23, zero, 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 15, 1130. Not fantastic. I don't, he I, I don't know why you. he's getting drafted. <laughs> he killed you last season. and It's that it's those two games. People are excited. Um, he did have that one game where he saw 13 targets. And guess what? Other than that, his average target share was probably around two to three targets per game. And you can't rely on that for fantasy football purposes. 13 targets in a game that they won 48 to 7. Michael Thomas had four targets in that game because you know why they, they took him out they didn't need michael thomas yeah. i don't even know i didn't even look they don't they probably didn't take him out but yeah. they didn't need to use him why would you not use your young guys when you're up 48 to 7 to see what you have um 13 targets and that was a massive outlier for him the other game that he had 111 yards only three targets and 43 to 19 like and two of those targets went for touchdowns, by yeah, the way. It's not... He's not going to be a, ever a reliable fantasy option. Maybe. Don't say never. It's, uh, it's obviously possible that this guy emerges, but... No. I can't. It's not possible. It's not for me. I just, I didn't, he, we watch so many Saints games. I mean, we watch every game, guys. We, we watch every NFL game, so... Don't, don't say that on Twitter, because it really bothers me. Did you watch them? Um... No, what's football? No, what is football? No idea. When we watch the Saints, you don't even notice this guy in the field. That's what scares me. Like, he's just not noticeable whatsoever. He's um, super young, so obviously Dynasty, he might be a cheap buy just to see if he goes off. But but Drew Brees is done after, what, one to two years? Yeah. Do you want? Do you, No. I don't want him. Yeah, I don't, I don't want him. And I think, there, like I said earlier there's going to be busts in every draft a lot of them and he's one of them six games with zero 
catches for zero yards. Oops. Oops. Kiki Cootie. Cutie. He's such a cutie. Fourth round pick, 103rd overall pick in the draft. ADP has him at the 9-11. I love Kiki. Do you love me? I'm going to let you just go off on Kiki because he's your man. He is my man. So um, when he was on the field and active, he saw a 26% target share, which, first of all, I'm all about following the targets. Um, That's encouraging to me. He ranks uh, 16 among all wide receivers in targets per snap. Again, following the targets. When he's on the field, Deshaun Watson is looking for him. Um, it, it was pointed out to me recently that the the Tekkens, te- Tekkens don't often use the three wide receiver sets, and I have to wonder how much of that is because of the fact that they just haven't had these guys healthy at the same time. They don't have Will Fuller, Kiki, and DeAndre Hopkins all in the mix at the same time. But... We saw in a very, very small sample size, we saw Kiki have 100-plus yards multiple times. Like, he he wasn't active most of last year. He had a hamstring issue, which I hope is resolved. But I think the upside is too great. I believe in the offense. I gave – I was adjusting my rankings, and guess what? Guess who's my quarterback one? And I hate you, Michelle. Woohoo! Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he is. There is no – As he should be. There is no run game to speak of. In, in Houston for right now, no run game that I, I want to get. It's fine for NFL purposes. It gets the ball moving. But there's no fantasy asset there. I think that they play different enough roles between Kiki and Fuller that both can be on the field and productive at the same time. Kiki's the slot guy. I, I think slot receivers are just such easy money when it comes to fantasy football because they see the targets, they – get the first downs, they sustain the drives if they can do it. And he looked just fantastic. The only thing I worry about is the average depth of target. Um, I think it was around five yards or something per uh, target, which you you want them to use him a little further down the field, but he's the slot guy. He's working the field. Uh. Yeah, I'm not as bullish on Kiki as you are, but I totally get it. I think the upside's there. The upside's there, and Deshaun Watson is my quarterback one. So he's going to be, you know, I I expect him to be using his wide receivers. I think Hopkins is going to be just a, a dominant force again this year. Um, hopefully Will Fuller can stay healthy. But like you said, Kiki's going to be in the slot. I don't think Will Fuller being healthy is going to hurt him that much. They play different roles, and I could totally see him having his spot there. I, I like Kiki. It's okay. It's okay, pick. It's okay. Uh, now you can tell me about why you like this guy because I know you're high on Sir Antonio Callaway drafted in the fourth round, uh, 105th overall pick. He would have probably gone sooner if it weren't for some off-the-field concern issues. And fun fact, um, there was actually a lawyer friend that we had um, that we still have who wrote us a while back to tell us that Antonio Callaway had been arrested. She was listening to the blotter. The, the police blotter texted us to let us know late night, Antonio Calloway arrested for marijuana possession. She heard it on her police blotter, which obviously all lawyers listen to the police blotter late at night. <laughs> yeah, she was trying to get him from me in a trade. And it worked. It, it did almost not work. worked. Almost it almost worked. worked. I was like looking at everything on Google like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. We uh, thought we were about to break some news for you. Yeah, I mean, it did end up 
I, I think this was after Callaway had his whole incident last year. So he, she was trying to say it happened again, which would have been a huge deal. Um, but yeah, she was trying to get him from me. I have a lot of friends in Cleveland because, you know, we both have a lot of friends in Cleveland. We we live there. It was false news, so by they the way. He did it. not get arrested yeah. again for marijuana no, possession. No, he did not. Um, but Antonio Callaway, fourth round pick last year in the NFL draft, he would have been so much earlier. This dude is so talented, but he had a lot of off field concerns, like a lot of them. Um, and then we saw that with his incident last year when he, you know, during the hard knocks where he was caught with the marijuana, um, in his <sighs> car. So, but I, I don't think that'll happen again. I'm just going to trust in him. I don't think the NFL even cares that much anymore either. That's just hush, hush. How the tides change. Yeah. So when we're talking about his ADP, which isn't even a thing because he's not being drafted in redraft. He doesn't um, have an ADP. I I think he's such a good late round sleeper. 79 targets. Your voice just cracked. You got so excited. (laughs) So 79 targets last year, 586 total yards, five touchdowns. That's very good for a rookie. Like that's, that's very decent. With Haley, he only saw 11.2 yards per reception. That jumped all the way up to 15.9 with Kitchens. That's a massive jump. 11.2 to 15.9. Um, also, his catch percentage. I don't, I don't know if this has to do with the scheme, getting him more open. He doesn't have to make catches in tight spots. But it went from 47% with Haley to 65% with Kitchens. Wow. Yeah. And average target, average yards per target, five yards with Haley doubled to 10.3 with Kitchens. Ow. He was good. He was good with Kitchens. Uh, He actually saw less targets, but a lot more yards um, under Kitchens. I I think he's such a, like a sneaky sleeper. And I think he's a really good dynasty target right now because nobody else is hyped on him. Not even just dynasty. I think for redraft, he can really show you something. So we're all in on the Rams, right? Like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Brandon Cooks are all going in the fourth round, fourth, fifth round. And then you also still have Gurley there, who's a dominant running back. We're fine with taking all of them. So I'm not sure why OBJ going to Cleveland just makes everyone in that offense terrible. Like, what? why? Why Why do we just assume that nobody else in the offense can produce the same because they signed OBJ? I think that Cleveland can be the next Rams offense with their OBJ, with their Landry, with their Callaway, with their Chubb. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Okay. But with their... With we're, their tw- we're 12 years old. <laughs> with their Nick Chubb, I, I think they can all be productive. And no, I'm not saying Callaway can be used every game as a flex play and you can trust him. But I think he's a very good pick late. And you can trust him when you need him to fill in for those injuries, to fill in for those bye weeks. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Um, he's a really good talent, guys. I really like him. I like him too, and I like the price. MVS, uh, fifth-round pick, 174th overall pick in the draft. Uh, ADP, he's going in the 904. Um, This has sort of been this Packers theme, right? Who is going to be the second wide receiver up in that offense? Obviously, wide receiver one is Mr. Devontae Adams. Shocker. Shocker. I think it's one of those things also that there doesn't need to be a reliable wide receiver two in fantasy. No, and when you have a smart quarterback, that's that's the issue. I always harp on this. If you have a smart coach, a smart OC, a smart quarterback, the issue is that they do not 
tend to force things, right? Like he's not going to force the ball to MVS just because of the fact that MVS has looked good in training camp. He's going to put the ball, he might be sucking up for reads, but he's still going to place the ball with whoever's open. And Aaron Rodgers is a guy that can progress through his reads. Um, you've got Geronimo Allison, who they say looks awesome in the slot. That's the thing is I think MVS and Allison will both be good. I think they're going to be really good for the NFL. I think they'll be really good for Green Bay. And I think they'll have their very good fantasy games. It's just hard you, to predict who. Yeah, who's going to have the game? Or, or will they both have a decent game but kind of w- water each other down? Um, I think all, all of the above is possible. Yeah. And I'm not really touching any of these guys unless they either fall drastically below their ADP or I'm in a best ball league. If I'm going to take one, I would take MVS. Ooh, best ball is a good point. And I would very happily take MVS in a best ball league. I, I do like MVS more, and I've been on his hype train, but... At the same time, I understand that he doesn't have to be great in fantasy. He doesn't have to be a reliable asset. I do think Aaron Rodgers will use both Allison and MBS, and I think Jimmy Graham will be more involved and Aaron Jones in the passing game. So it's just going to be a lot of a lot of people involved in making owning anybody but Devontae Adams pretty hard. Half of MBS's games in 2019, he actually had less than 20 yards. Yeah, he he's a lot like Traquan Smith where he had those two huge games and not much else. Eh. I do like MVS's situation a little bit more because I think I think Green Bay will pass a lot more than New Orleans will. Interesting though. Yeah, it's, it's just interesting. interesting. That'll be a situation to monitor, but other than that, I think that wraps up our our second year wide receivers. Michelle, tell me who you don't get to say Christian Kirk. Ugh, Who's your favorite? Out of these guys, aside from Christian Kirk. Well, I think the other obvious for me would be Dante Pettis, since I called him my boyfriend. But I'm going to go Antonio <laughs> Callaway because he's dirt cheap, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. I love it, and I'm going with DJ Moore, who's my newest Ooh, boyfriend. Okay. Newest boyfriend. Damn, I just you, you cheat a lot, huh? Whew. How does my wife feel about that? <laughs> Not good. Not good. <laughs> DJ Moore, he just looks uh, like the more I'm watching his tape, the more I'm just impressed with his overall physical abilities. Um, if you have a healthy Cam Newton, I'm, I'm encouraged to see what that can look like and what that can translate onto the field. That is it for our show for today. Like round of applause for Ross Tucker right now. Go go to rostucker.com. There you go. I did little, it. The peanut gallery. Um, thank you for taking a shot on us, Ross. We are excited for this opportunity. I think it's going to be a good time. Don't forget to check us out on Patreon to listen to the two Patreon exclusive episodes we dropped last week. Um, you get an extra episode every week. You get to join the Slack channel. It's patreon.com slash ball blast. Uh, get to talk to us all the time. Have fun there. Yeah. Midwest Fantasy Football Expo, promo code BALLBLAST, one word, all caps. Goodbye. Bye, y'all.